0: hello trash crusaders welcome to episode 34 of save trash cinema the podcast where exploitation and exploration come together it is I, your guide through trash cinema. Everyone's favorite dumpster boy, Cayman Darty. And on today's episode, we're putting on our geese, stretching out our glutes, and jamming out to the classic Class trash cinema theme song, "Hold On To The Vision" by Frank Harris. When we cover the 1985 Bruce exploitation film, No Retreat, No Surrender. But before we get into that, let me introduce you to the two bastards joining me on today's episode. First up, he's the only man to successfully perform an alligator fuckhouse while wearing a pair of Jean Claude Van Damme's karate pants. Patrick, show me your split swagger.
1: Do I need to? An is this a is this a Urban Dictionary situation? I
0: don't know, man. Why don't you Google
1: alligator, alligator fuckhouse, fuckhouse and find fuckhouse. out? Let's see. Oh boy, a daring sexual maneuver. Mid coitus, one person bites the neck of the other, locks their arms and legs down, and goes into a death roll all while maintaining insertion. Like downshifting a car, Urban
0: Dictionary says. Thank you (laughs) for that. It's like downshifting a car.
2: The downshifting, the car sounds the most painful of everything you described.
1: Wait, wait, (laughs) wait. This description was posted in 2006 by none other than Alligator Fuckmaster on Urban Dictionary.
0: Do you think this dude just rolls around on his bed just biting ladies' necks and... Downshifting. How do you? Well, I don't understand. Where the lady came in. Where's the like? Where's like the? Oh, fair enough. But like, where's the whole downshifting? Could I mean he is the alligator (laughs) fuck master? How does this? How does downshifting a car play into this? I I don't understand what that means. He's got
2: to be talking about what it's doing to his
0: his penis. penis?
2: Yeah, and 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 like it's like when you bend it the wrong way. So that happened. It's the worst. All
0: right. So. I, hold on, let me intro. let me introduce our next guest and i have to tell a quick story next up we have as you can hear talking right now he's a first time guest on the show some say he edits out all the sexiest parts from reality tv prison shows and we're here to confirm that is indeed correct also that he saves them all to a secret hard drive that's traded exclusively on the dark web for illegal fish the one and only zach bromberg
2: yeah but that if you won't find – if you look for my name, you won't be able to find the dark web stuff. It's all on a separate account.
0: That's and big, that account is is Alligator Fuckmaster. Alligator Fuckmaster. <laughs> fuck okay. Okay. So I've got this uh, – my uncle. I'm an adopted uncle, right? He is uh, – he's crazy shit, right? Um, he. I, it's not even worth getting into his medical history, but I have to tell you this story about when he lost his mind for the first time. So apparently, according to him, he did a bunch of acid. He goes out on a road trip with this chick to New Mexico to find the aliens, right? (laughs) During this process, apparently the chick fucks him so hard he breaks his dick. (gasps) And this is what he says. He says, he goes, from that point forward in my life, nothing was worth it anymore. I broke my penis. It doesn't work the same since then. So now I'm thinking, right, downshifting a car. I just feel like, like. That's how you break your penis. That's
2: how you break your penis,
1: yeah. That's
0: how you break your penis. You should ask him if he was doing this maneuver. Well, he's in prison right now, so I can't (laughs) really ask him a lot of things. Zach can ask him. I'll ask him for you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. That's (laughs) very fair. let's talk off air about that one but yeah that's great let's do a little quick housekeeping guys we'd love it if you're and reviewed review the podcast on your podcast app of choice don't forget you on the show by submitting us movie recommendations or by being a guest host by emailing us at save trash gmail.com or you can dm us on all socials at save trash cinema make sure to check out last week's episode when we sat down with the incredible tony wash from Screenbox tv to discuss this filmography as well as all the amazing work taking place on the Screenbox streaming service, and everything going on at Bloody Disgusting. We'll be continuing to release mini episodes, crossover episodes, interviews, and even game shows, which we haven't done in a while, but we're bringing that back soon. So keep your eyes peeled for some exciting content coming down the pipeline. Without the way, why don't we jump into the overview of the film, guys? A group of young women head to Marshall Woods, intending to blow off steam and find inspiration for their book about local missing person lore and legends. They soon discover they are not alone and unwittingly begin a bloody fight for survival against a terrifying and unnatural antagonist. Footsteps. Coming soon from Pipe Screams Productions, written and directed by Janine Pipe, with executive producer Neil Marshall, director of Dog Soldiers and the Descent. Hot on the tail of Pipe's first short film, Her, comes Footsteps, an adaptation of the short story of the same name which first appeared in the 2020 charity anthology Diabolica Britannica. It was subsequently nominated for a Splatterpunk Award due to extreme nature of the violence and use of menstrual blood as a plot point. It is also featured in Pipe's collection Twisted Tainted Tales from 2021. Readers often praised the cinematic feel of the piece, and it remained in the back of Pipe's mind that maybe one day it would be adapted for the screen. With nods to Carrie, Blair Witch Project, and Evil Dead, it is a self-contained tale with the potential to become a feature. Viewers won't be left feeling cheated, but they will want more, and Pipe has plans to fully explore the lore in the future. Having collaborated with Marshall for her book, Sausages, The Making of Dog Soldiers, the director has been eager to work with her mentor and friend once again before they begin preparing for the making of The Descent, set to release in 2025. Footsteps boast a women-only cast and will showcase practical effects in a creature design worthy of a low-budget homage, E.P. Marshall. Other crew members so far include James L. Perkins, producer Rebecca Wilcox, first AD Sam Mason-Bell, DOP Georgie Kurzenbrock, special effects artist Christian Francis, and graphic design. Filming will take place in Pipe's hometown of Swindon in September of 2023 with the goal to premiere at London's Fright Fest in August 2024. If you're wondering how you can help make sure this project sees the light of day, then wonder no more. Pipe and her team are hoping to fund the majority of the short via Indiegogo. Perks include a special Thanks IMDB credit, an exclusive poster signed by Pipe and Marshall in various producer status levels, along with one very special edition perk, an original Dog Soldiers quad poster signed by Marshall, along with Sean Pertwee, Darren Mortiforeff, And Craig Conway. If you're interested in donating to the project, the link to the Indiegogo campaign will be listed in the description below. Footsteps. Some lures are meant to be broken. Oh boy, alright. No Retreat, No Surrender is a 1985 Bruceploitation film directed by Corey Yoon and written by Yoon alongside Si Yoon Ning ing it's ing is that how you say that i, I always get this terrible i'm the worst person you should oh, never boy. have me doing anything i've butchered so many names on this show it's i'm well you can't read the so
1: there's that but i do believe yeah. this would be I, I believe this would be ing. um yeah. okay, okay. so so you mentioned something at the top of the episode and i didn't believe this is a real thing yes but it is bruce exploitation is a portmanteau of Bruce Lee and exploitation. It's an exploitation film film subgenre that emerged after the death of martial arts film star Bruce Lee in 1973. During which time, filmmakers from Hong Kong, Taiwan, and South Korea cast Bruce Lee lookalike actors, what they referred to as lee likes to star in imitation martial art films in order to exploit Lee's sudden international popularity. I'm Jackie Chan comes from this world, yeah. really. Uh, so
2: the one of the biggest. Uh... It, this has happened multiple times in film history. It happened with Charlie Chaplin. Um, you have a big star like Bruce Lee or Charlie Chaplin. They become super, super popular. Everyone loves them. And then they leave or or just other people try to make money off of that whole vibe, right? So then you get a bunch of copies, 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 copies. There's always seems to... the It's interesting because in both uh, instances, the actor who ends up be, uh, taking the mantle did the same exact thing, and it's got to make you wonder if Jackie Chan just simply knew he had to because he studies all this stuff. Just knew this, just did the Buster Keaton, which is I do my own stunts. That's literally it both times. I do my own stunts. Sure. Look at look, how I'm doing this shot. I'm the 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 house is gonna fall on top of me. I'm gonna be standing here. No trick photography. I do my own stunts, and that's how Buster Keaton became a yeah. household name, and that's how Jackie Chan became a household name, and they both come from like other people and doing their doing the same thing but adding the tag i do my own stunts and yeah that is what
0: kind of <clears throat> one of my uh one of my favorite trash cinema uh karate masters or karate stars is um sonny chiba from uh like a street he was in the original street fighter before the video game even came out and sister street fighter and um the dragon princess like Sonny chiba is like the fucking king and he that's pretty much how he got his start was doing bruce exploitation films he then ended up carving his own path similar to jackie chan where he became like huge not as big as jackie chan obviously but Sonny chiba man i think he was in Sonny chiba's one of his last films was he was in uh, kill bill uh was one of his last films he was in uh um, sunny chiba fucking rules man who was he in question uh he was the kung fu master oh cool yeah
1: Wow. Legend crazy. of the Drunken Master. Does this yes. count as trash cinema?
0: Actually, it's funny you mention that because writer C. Si yoon Ing is best no known as way. the writer behind the Jackie Chan film Drunken Master, and for a plethora of writing directing credits on martial arts films throughout the seventies, eighties, and early nineties. I didn't actually look ahead. To, I love that movie. We yeah. have
2: to. Some I was coming from such a place with nostalgia in this movie. Like I've never approached watching No Retreat No Surrender with like an analytical mind. Yeah. Uh but then I started to notice like all these little Bruce Lee details and I was like, "Oh, these people do know. Like these references are strong. Like they do know the references they're hitting. There is love in these references, which I was kind of shocked
0: by." Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. Speaking of Bruce Lee, I mean obviously he's all over this film, not him per se as someone that looks just like him but corey yoon the director behind the film is best known as the co-director of game of death 2 which is a bruce lee film as well as the director behind jason statham's the transporter the live action adaptation of the video game dead or alive and a movie called ghost punting so put him in the hall of fame is what i'm saying I think that there's a movie called Ghost Punting I've never seen before, but I can believe me, I have this fucking movie I have to watch now. Add it to the list. <laughs> I have to watch. Look, Here's the thing. A lot of the times when we do the show, we're always like, the best episodes we do are ones with just weird fucking names. And so one that we have lined up for the next couple of months is called Surf Nazis Must Die. Oh, and- um,
2: Love Surf Ninjas, so I'm sure it's along yeah in the same vein.
0: You know? Yeah, Surf Ninjas must die is an old trauma film. One of their one of the big first trauma films that come out. The guys who made Toxic Avenger. But let me tell you, ghost punting. I have no clue what that means, but I feel like it does not translate well to English. Because what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> well, tell. this is.
2: I mean, this is a ghost story. Maybe the director just likes or the writer just likes ghost stories. So. Yeah,
0: that's. Very fair. Well, the story of this film goes as such. Jason, a Bruce Lee super fan, sees his karate instructor slash dad beaten up by martial arts thugs. They then move to Seattle to avoid these thugs, where, after multiple uh, humiliations, he summons the ghost of Bruce Lee, with whom he trains with so he can defend himself and others against thugs, including the deadly Ivan the Russian the fucking Russian okay wait a second
1: yes I'm watching this movie last night and I couldn't remember the main character's name so I kept just writing the protagonist in my mind (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> they say his name a billion times. Jason, Jason.
1: There is, I swear to God, there is a scene in which RJ refers to him as Shane because then I started referring to him as Shane in my notes and I swear I only did it because he was called Shane in the movie and it <laughs> must have only happened
0: once. He gets called Jace a lot, J-A-C-E. I yeah. watched I watched it on physical, so I was able to get subtitles. Those I probably wouldn't be, but you are, I don't think you're incorrect that they call. That him Shane. That is so
1: funny. One. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, movie, that must be, name shane of course his name is shane and this here movies it is. all over the place jason uh,
2: and the love interest is kelly I mean, oh it's just it's 86 it oozes 86 yes
0: you know? it sure does so the film stars kurt mckinney uh who plays jason or jace or shane <laughs> uh you might have seen him in like a hundred plus episodes of the guiding light um he's also in as the world turns and an episode of alf let's go and the film also
2: consistently i think he had a credit like a year ago like he's getting work
0: he's so he took like a lot of time off it looks like he's now coming back doing like shit films which is great i love that for everyone who does stuff like this um the film also stars jean-claude fucking damn um, from streep's that's. I mean, he's in the movie for like maybe a total of ten minutes. Um, maybe, maybe 10 minutes. Uh He's obviously everyone knows who JCVD is, but if you don't, he's from Street Fighter, Bloodsport, Universal Soldier, Kickboxer, Time and then, Cop Quest, Time Cop. Oh, and then movie. the film also stars literally just a bunch of cardboard cutouts of human beings. Yeah, yeah.
2: That's- right, some 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 thirty-five-year-olds playing eighteen-year-olds. And- yes.
0: There's I went through trying to be like, okay, is there anyone else in this film who's who's done anything? And I would say from what I saw, 90 percent of the cast only either starred in this film or starred in this film and like one singular episode of television. That's it. There's just no more. Uh, The film runs for an hour and 25 minutes and sports a Rotten Tomatoes score of 80 percent. And honestly, this is the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. And this is why, like, I always like, we always bring up Rotten Tomatoes score because I feel like that's what people can connect to. But I think the thing is here is Rotten Tomatoes is broken as shit, right? I mean, it nailed it this time. There are five (laughs) reviews for this film, which is enough. You have to have five reviews to be able to get a Rotten Tomatoes score, okay? Only one of the five reviews was positive. All of the five reviews, though. Outside of one, had a fresh score. One of them from New York Times said, This is a putrid disgust of a film no one should see. Certified fresh. <laughs> so <laughs> so we're, I'm sitting here, I'm looking at this, and I'm like, I mean, I mean, that- go off, man, 80%. And we look yeah. at something like Valentine, I think they had 11% <laughs> Rotten yeah. Tomatoes. I, like, I mean,
1: I don't disagree with the score or I disagree with that review, but I bet there are some reviews that are not positive that I also agree with, but I think it's absolutely innate. I think people should see it.
2: I don't agree like no one should see. Like this is a I mean, I again I'm coming from complete nostalgia, but like I rewatched this movie and I tried to analyze it like as a editor too, and I was like, This is good. These cuts are good. The the music is good. The music like, is amazing. <laughs> the music the is, is really good. Right. Yeah. Fight scenes so, are good. It's like, so weird. I was weird. shocked
0: the music in this film is not music that you would normally have for a Kung Fu film. It's like dark eighties synth pop. Oh, so yeah. it's like, you almost feel like you're watching a horror film, but this movie is not a horror film. There's a it's jazz funny. fight in there. Yeah. It's just yeah. like jazz. And there's also like, oh, yeah, like eighties yeah. <laughs> funkadelic for a breakdance scene. I look, it's fine. It is what it is. That mis- was the worst scored scene actually, because like clearly all the
2: actors are like hitting the rhythm of a different song. And then this like, this like synth music's playing. You're just like, this is like, I like the music except for this choice. Like
1: That and
0: (laughs) we'll get to it. But when RJ raps, that was pretty fucking bad, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. That is true. Now I would say the film is currently streaming on freebie. And if you look it up, it does say that. However, the version on freebie is the riff tracks version. So you get the movie, but you also get a bunch of people like what we do, which is make fun of this film. Throughout. So if you want to see it without that, then the good news is you can catch it on YouTube. Uh unfortunately, as Zach mentioned pre-show, is that <laughs> there is no aspect ratio that lines up, so half the film is cut off. But you can get it on physical. Now, here's the thing you can get it on physical right now on DVD from Amazon for around $15. Now, if you want to get the Blu-ray version, the Blu ray version somehow is sold out everywhere. Or if you're lucky enough to have a universal Blu-ray player, you can get a copy. It's just going to cost you about 50 bucks. So my advice is get it on physical and just get it on DVD. Suck it up, you bastards. Mm. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Now, with the overview out of the way, why don't we take some initial thoughts? I'm going to start off today with you, Zach. You were the one who brought us this film. So I want to hear straight from the horse's mouth. Why did you select this film to be covered on STC?
2: I've loved this film since I first have uh, watched it. It was a sixth night Hanukkah gift. Ten years after the movie was made, probably a bargain bin from my mom. I think that year we did get I'm going to give her credit. And I'm going to say that year we did get subscription, you know, like karate classes as our big gift. Oh, cool. So I think it was. I think it was a build up to that. Nice. Um, so it was a but at the theme. time, we didn't know why the heck we got this movie. She knew that we liked Bloodsport, I think, uh, because we had no filter on what movies we could watch. When we sure, were sure. <laughs> uh, and she was like, oh, yeah, this is Jean-Claude Van Damme, and they'll like it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, No Retreat, No Surrender. Me and my brother popped that VHS, VH, VHS in in 96 uh, and um, fell in love. No Retreat, No Surrender. And it's just... Uh, then when like bad movie podcasts started coming out, I would always like send this to them, be like, just watch No Retreat's. Remember? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you'll love it. It's great. It's 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 Van Damme at his best. He does a split in it, even though he's only in for two seconds, like um, yeah, so it was a lot of nostalgia going into this movie. And then uh but I work in kind of production right now and and and, and post-production, and so I was I was excited to kind of watch it through that lens. And I was there are some things that are like that wouldn't fly in today's cinema that f- that would be perfectly fine like in in the eighties, which is like bigger cameras, so a lot more shaky camera stuff that sure. now we have com- completely eliminated. So for like modern audience, it's like oh, this camera's shaking quite a bit. But you have to remember, that like The Exorcist also has a ton of shaky cam, and you're fine with that. It's a classic, right? So it's just like the the technology of of, of the time, um, but like like we talked about the music's great the fight scenes are great the plot is kind of one, super is the winkiest part like the writing is the winkiest part and how things flow together like it, every like it, it almost feels like the bruce lee stuff almost feels like an addition you know uh yep. it could it could probably be cut out of the movie completely and the movie would still make perfect sense pretty much in fact it feels like certain things about it were cut off like there's a part where he's where his best friend RJ sees him hallucinating and he's like you're yes. crazy and then they just cut away to like a sexual uh That is in my notes. A, a that sexual exact uh, scene is like
0: a, what uh, happened to uh, this? there minute? is so much <laughs> there every character in this film has sexual tension with yes. whatever camera is or whatever actor is on screen with them at any given point every scene is sexual yeah, and but- the dad and the son, it's palpable. Oh, it my is. God. Everyone... The mom and the son, she has like three lines. It's palpable. I can't like... tell you how many <laughs> times I was doing this and I was just like, God, just fuck already. All of you. Like I <laughs> kind of expected this film to end like society with the shunting where every actor <laughs> comes together on screen and just becomes one homogenous lump of flesh um that kind of did my, end that way actually you say that yeah actually you know of what yeah ending. yeah
2: it's <laughs> a fade out to that you know? we do <laughs>
0: actually get the homageous lump of flesh at the end you're right now patrick for you this is an interesting one i i was glad that we did this because i feel like i've been punishing you the last several weeks with just like one after another just fucking horror film after horror film um which you know, a lot of trash cinema a lot of it falls into horror it's just yeah, more so yeah, but yeah. the martial arts film like martial arts films, that subgenre, especially especially Bruceploitation. This is trash cinema, guys. So, Patrick, we were able to to get you off of the horror train for a little bit to give you a breath of fresh air. So tell me what you thought going into No Retreat, No Surrender.
1: I was so excited. I uh, Zach had told me a lot about this movie, and I was really excited to finally get to watch it um, because I, as we discussed way, way back in our Street Fighter episode, I am a huge Jean-Claude Van Damme fan. Uh, So much so, which I don't think I told this story last time. And if I did, you get to hear it again. Um, When I was a kid, I loved his movie so much that I took karate classes so that I could be Jean-Claude Van Damme. But I was kicked out of karate classes after the first class because I kept interrupting the sensei to tell him how to do the karate moves because I knew them because of Jean-Claude Van Damme. You were like Jason and Bruce Lee. I was like Jason and Bruce Lee. Like, no, I know
2: this.
1: Like, this this is... (laughs) I am the master here and he, the sensei respectfully went to my mother and said, I don't think Patrick should be in this class. <laughs> so that was the end of my karate journey. But I, this is, this was a blind spot in my Jean-Claude Van Damme uh, filmography. So I was, I was very excited to watch this movie and the premise is bad shit, fucking insane. Yes. And so I was, I was really excited and uh, it delivered. That's that's all I'm going to say.
0: Now, Patrick, curious, what was your sensei's name?
1: You know, respectfully, uh, I don't remember to him. Uh, I, I I, wish I did, but I don't. It might have been Peter Sugarfoot Cunningham who worked on this film. That name just jumped out to me in the credits, but I, I don't have uh, the sensei's name. I can ask, maybe my mom remembers.
0: My Taekwondo sensei's name was Dan. <laughs>
1: sensei dan (laughs) i'm you know i'm gonna text my mom right now and see if she remembers
0: i knew this i knew someone uh this girl whose stepfather was a a karate guy and his name was jeff and his name was sensei jeff and i was like that's like the worst fucking sensei name like i'm sorry you have no respect for me if your name's well you don't have any respect i have no respect for you if your name's jeff but sorry for all the jeffs out there listeners sorry man you just you get you were dealt a poor hand Go by your middle name if you become a
2: sensei, you
1: know? Yeah. Sensei Carl. Yeah.
2: Or just make up name. a name, man. Yeah. You something anything. Cool. Wolf. Yeah. Everyone takes Wolf, right? Sensei yeah. Sensei Wolf. That's a, <laughs> that's a
1: dope. Sensei Lone Wolf Cuck. Yeah.
2: Sensei, sensei Lone Wolf Cuck is a
0: good name. Part of me wonders what Sensei Jeff is doing out there. I'm assuming he's probably crushing a six-pack at High Life, which honestly sounds pretty great. I mean – Actually,
2: it's funny. We were talking about the splits. Uh, This brings up a childhood memory. Uh, Me and my brother love Jean-Claude Van Damme. We love the splits. And my brother was like, we can get you to do a split. And I was like, let's give it a shot. This is my older brother, obviously. Yeah. And I got in the split position, and he just shoved me down real quick. And I could do splits for about a year after that. (laughs) But it hurt so bad.
1: (laughs) I, I could never imagine your brother being so mean but hey he blindfolded this is one for the
2: podcast so he's gonna hate this one he he blindfolded me put me in rollerblades and pushed me down the stairs one time he says that he didn't push me he says he just led me to the
0: stairs but i think that there was a show um uh, he's gonna have to come on to defend himself he's
2: gonna ha- yeah i'm putting that on the internet we had this You're conversation gonna... like yesterday and we argued that's about funny. It.
0: hold on are we gonna have a kumite to settle this matter maybe kumate sorry that's a blood sport reference oh right um for me yeah so i haven't seen this film in years probably a decade at at most or at least a decade is the last time i watched this and i came into this movie remembering two things one jean-claude van damme was the villain and two bruce lee's ghost is a, a very pivotal character in this film that is all i remember holy shit was i in for something entirely different than what I was initially expecting for what I remembered of the film, especially all of the breakdancing.
1: There is so much breakdancing.
0: So much breakdancing. I think the other thing, too, is, like, we really need to bring back, like, this needs to be just a normal outfit for normal people needs to be too tight of sweatpants and sleeveless shirts that don't match. You mean
1: perfectly fitting sweatpants?
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah that's fair yes. um but we need to definitely bring back that whole ensemble it is this is the most like 1985 86 84 whenever this film it was like it was nineteen seventy two. it was like <laughs> this movie this movie was like filmed in 84 and then like half the people are like yeah it technically released in 85 but then the other people are like no it definitely released in 86. <laughs> That's what I love about this. This whole film is an enigma. I don't understand anything that's happening. And it took me four hours to watch this from start to finish because I had to stop it so many times because I was like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah. And when I first was like, I literally had to rewatch the, the whole first 30 minutes of the film because I went back and read the script. And I was like, even I don't know what the fuck is <laughs> happening.
2: I, re- I did that too. When, when Kelly got introduced and I was like, wait, did we meet Kelly? And so I rewound and rewatched. Nope.
1: Nope. Yeah. I should sure watched
2: five minutes longer when she's just like, we met over the summer. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> should giving it more time. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's exactly. So, like as you can imagine, the script's about to go off rails. And with that being said, why don't we get on with the show? No retreat, no surrender, everyone. And now, our feature presentation Los Angeles, 1985. Karate is king. Some karate people do some karate. Jason kicks the shit out of his sparring partner. Some business suit karate masters show up. Jean-Claude Van Damme is with them. Sensei Stilwell, Jason's dad, won't join the Shady Suits organization. They retaliate. And though we though he won't initially fight, he does so because this is a movie. <laughs> Sensei will gets the upper hand, but then JCBD jumps out and breaks his leg. Jason attempts to get revenge, but is easily dispatched. Jason's dad tells him it's over, and they can't fight them.
1: Did either of you feel like this guy, this mafioso mob guy, was just like straight from your local? community theater like this whole scene to me felt choreographed like I felt like
2: I felt like he was solely there for the same reason that they did this in like Harry Potter with like a big hulking character that from the books that they cast someone and they're like oh that character can't speak so we have to cast another character so they can speak for them it felt like Jean-Claude Van Damme can't Speak during this, and because he's he's, his English wasn't as good at that point, and uh, so we're gonna have this other character do these lines, but then there's also like all these scenes where Jean Claude Van Damme should be there, but he's not, and you have this other guy kind of coming in for
1: him, yeah, yeah, yeah. But just like the way he was delivering his lines, they were always so like physical and like he always had like a movement with every line and it just felt like he almost had like choreo for the line deliveries it was let me I throw
0: this it. out there to you did anyone else get the feeling when like the mafia so that which what we refer to as the karate mafia uh wh- i don't know what their whole plot well they is say here. that they are
2: the regular mob who is using karate dojos to take over cities
0: okay That's that was what the what fuck does they said. That's more than I could put together. But did anyone think that, like, the head guy who was, like, with them until, like, the very end of the film when you realize he's not actually the head guy looked a lot like Ronald uh, Ronald Lacey from Raiders of the Lost Ark, the Nazi? Let
2: me look it up. I was like,
0: he, I was like, when he first comes on screen, I was like, this motherfucker looks just like Ronald Lacey from Raiders of the Lost Ark mixed almost with Udo Kier. Oh, and I was like, "This dude looks just like him to me." I don't know. Maybe it was just me. Maybe I was just delirious because at this point in the film, I was already so confused. And but there, <laughs> let me tell you, this is the actor is not him. Um, if you didn't know that, oh yeah, it's, is,
2: a, it's a vibe thing. I think. Yeah, it's, I think it's the vibe. But it's the the, vibe. the fact that Jason just—I know we're not making very, getting very deep in the movie yet—but the fact that Jason like in the sparring exercise like beat the crap out of his
0: partner <laughs> just beat the shit out just of him cr- and he's like i want to say his sparring partner was a black belt but jason's a red belt and i'm like how do they give these belts out like Thanks. how how like what is the and i mean this is just pure ignorance on my part because i'm a fucking idiot i don't know what how how belts work in karate i never did karate as a kid uh, but how how do they give? Okay, you got kicked out of your fucking karate class because I
1: was so skilled.
0: Yeah, fair. And
1: knew all the moves. They didn't that know what
2: about to get him. That, that sensei that.
1: Steve didn't know.
2: So from Taekwondo, it was like you take a test and then you like move up. And there's like parameters to the test. There's like a there was like a movement sets that, like a dance essentially that you had to do. But like, does it? Isn't there a point in the movie? And I correct me if I'm wrong, where someone asks the dad like, "Are you a black belt?" And the dad's like, "No." It's like, "But you were running your own." Dojo. Oh, yeah, that's right.
1: That's right. (laughs) Los Angeles karate was weird, man. It had its own culture.
0: You know, in 1985, karate was king. I don't know what that means, but... That's exactly right. You know who wasn't king yet, but was on his way to becoming king was Jean-Claude
1: Van Damme because this was only his second credited movie role. His first was a movie called Monaco Forever in 1984. But that, to your point, Zach, I think this is the reason why there's so little of JCVD speaking because... He was just he was fresh to Hollywood
0: with mm-hmm. this movie. Do
1: you think Cuz it's JC... also one of the
0: only times that he's the bad guy. That's may... yes. like Like do you think JCVD had like a Sylvester a Sylvester Stallone type of career path where like there is a secret porno of JCVD out there that like no one knows about yet but like one day will get released under like the Belarusian bull or something? Has, like has,
2: has 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 he ever directed uh
1: JCVD has he ever? I think he has. Let me check.
0: His own sex
1: tape, probably. (laughs) I was about to say if if it's if anything comes out from JCVD, it's just a sex tape. It is not actual pornography.
0: Well, like, look, if we're looking at at, like the stars of that time when they were like, if you're gonna have a sex tape, you're gonna have a sex tape. You're gonna have obviously Sylvester Stallone, the Italian Stallion. Yeah, he had a sex tape. I don't think there's any confirmation if if uh, Schwarzenegger had one, but um, fucking Hulk Hogan had one later in his life. Maybe it not just, in his prime, but... I think Schwarzenegger is a better comparison with Jean-Claude
2: Van Damme because I think they both were in, like, the bodybuilding or the... Yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah. Whereas so they really S- need S- to Sylvester view. Stallone, he was like, I gotta do what I gotta do. I gotta I, do gotta, I, gotta, I
0: do gotta, gotta do. Lay I the do. Did point. you guys know Jean-Claude Van Damme
1: directed The Quest? What? Wow. Is he's only directed two movies, The Quest and a movie in 2010 called Full Love. Okay. Oh, so he did do okay. 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 So he good. did. Yeah. So, <laughs> original title was called Frenchy.
0: Oh my
1: god!
0: Yeah, this is this is. He definitely... also wrote the movie.
1: Oh, he wow! I
0: didn't wow. know a lot of writing went into those movies, but that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be shocked. We cut I'm, to the hospital. Yeah. Jason's dad is being a little yellow-belly bitch, and he monologues himself about karate crime organizations, and then decides the family obviously must leave the dojo behind and flee to the wettest place outside of Patrick's panties, Seattle, Washington
2: monologues and complete voiceover while his face is going. (laughs) This
0: this dad is mesmerized. This dad also looks incredibly familiar, but like more familiar for like someone who looks the same way he does right now in today's time. So like, I don't know who that – I couldn't remember and put in place who the actor was to that face, but I was like, you look like somebody. He looks like he an adult looked...
2: version of the kid from Stranger Things, the brother from Stranger Things. Oh, Holy sure. shit, maybe
0: that's exactly what I was thinking. I think you nailed that on the head. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I think that, so that's So many funny. of
2: the actors, I was like, are they?
0: And nope, they're not. Nope. They're so not they're that not. person. What I'm they're... hearing is, is that someone's going to remake No Retreat, No Surrender, and they're just going to pull in a bunch of famous actors – and here's the thing. I've I in the last interview I was talking with Tony Wash about it, where he we was like, you know, obviously he's a writer, director, producer, and he's like, I've always wanted to take like a really shitty trash cinema film from back in like the 70s, 80s, and like remake it with an actual budget and like talented like crew to do. And I'm like, this has been my whole thing. Like, we need to remake shitty movies. Can you imagine? You. Oh my god! If Thank someone, you so much. <laughs> could you imagine if someone like let's say like uh, uh fuck uh, Garth Edwards like was to be like, l- let me take all of the skill I've gotten from like the Raid films or t- Timo Tjahjanto from like uh, The Night Comes for Us, and he's like, I'm going to remake No Retreat, No Surrender. Dude, this shit would go off rails, man. i would be shocked by,
2: by what we choose to remake. We're like, this movie was amazing, and it was really done well the first time, so let's remake it. It's like, but yeah. there are scripts like Dreamscape or these movies that – were like great concepts but just we could not execute why not remake those like i don't
1: it's so crazy yeah i that's a really good point i i also um now there there aren't any more JCVDs. there aren't any more it Mm -hmm. seems like jackie chans like there aren't the the like bodybuilding or martial Mm -hmm. artists like do we still have people like Jason John, Statham John and like Cena. John Cena. Like we have these really like older guys,
2: mm-hmm. but we don't
1: have any like new young people, at least not in the mainstream. They probably do exist. I but... mean Donny
0: Donnie, Donnie Yin or Donnie Yan, um, who was in um who was in Rogue One, the, oh, the blind sure. Jedi or the blind not Jedi Master.
1: He's sixty definitely... years old though.
0: True, but like, you know, there's still some of them. You've got the uh what's his name? The guy who played um Sub Zero in the Mortal Kombat remake. Uh, He's also sure. in the night comes for us. Like so there are some, but they're they're not like this. Like what we've been doing now is like, let's take an actor like Chris Pratt and then let's make him work out for two straight years to get the most rip you could ever be, and then that person's gonna be. There's no like let's take someone who's just a fucking beautiful slab of Marvel. Marble that's just been cut to perfection. This right. motherfucker looks like David, and you're like, let's put. And who gives a shit if he can act? Like that's when that's when movies started to suck. Well,
2: honestly. the closest we sucked. had to
0: have to that
2: is like someone like Dave Batista, right? Who's older now. And right. trying to get more into, but I love that. Like every time I hear him talk, he's like, "I'm really working on my craft. Like I want to be better at this yeah. thing." And I'm like, "Dude, you're so sweet." But we origi- originally he just was like a like you said like a slab of meat. You know, they were like put him in frame. He looks good. You know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think that's and but like 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 kind of to Patrick's point, they're all older. Like. We'll see. Yeah,
1: there it must not be like a, a monetizable thing now because it's you know it's all about just
0: making money but yeah i don't know we need to bring it back we do we're starting the campaign bring it back bring it back the family arrives in seattle and jason makes short work of finding a new place to work on his karate on the street he makes friends with a kid named uh rj and they have a basketball off there's also a fat kid eating a birthday cake across who the street. is this kid <sighs> that's the he's the
2: most random character in the entire
0: movie His name's Scott, but I reference him just as fat fuck, lard ass, fat ass, (laughs) pretty much any insulting name for a fat person. Here's the thing. You can say, Cayman, you're a piece of shit for fat shaming. One, I am fat. I'm allowed to say that. Two, also, I think it's very important to point this out. His whole character is designed around being fat and being shitty.
1: It, like, the first shows, time you yeah. see him, he's shoving an entire cake into his mouth, yeah. and he randomly, like, smears it across his face. Multiple that times, was the first time food all over his face. That was the first time I rewound the film to be like, wait. Yeah, he loves smearing food on his guy? face. He's and into where? it. Like, there's mustard on his face at some point.
2: And he ends up, oddly, like, at the very, very end, being one of the good guys, kind of. Like, he's, it no like, it, there is a, yeah, he is so, can we talk real quick before we, the, the, clearly shot in california
0: <laughs> yes yep no, there's no rain in sight and trust me like this is not seattle they they're just it.
2: doing it so they can go to bruce lee's grave right yes. so like just those couple shots which are kind of i think in rain too and everything else is sunny palm trees in the background
0: like not seattle at all not yeah every seattle time they're at, at the gravesite which i think happens like two or three times in the film it's always raining and they'll go from like bright sunny day to the gravesite immediately fucking pouring um <laughs> But I think it's important we haven't been, like we're talking about that but like we haven't really talked about the fact that like they become fast friends because they basketball to each other. I love this movie. Probably the most they...
2: realistic part of the movie. That's how I became friends with my uh black neighbor who moved in uh next to me is uh basketball. Yeah,
0: just, there you go. Uh,
2: tossing, tossing that basketball and then he did a
1: a break dance move
0: and he dribbled real good. Dribbled well, real good and Yeah, then and then he,
1: he 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 rapped a little, skateboarded. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He Moonwalked. Yeah, you know, moonwalked. It, 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 Are you sure you didn't just make friends with RJ? So. I'm
2: trying to understand if my memories
0: are real, or or simply... if it's just this movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you've become the main character from the uh, the sensor. Right. Um, <laughs> so Jason shows RJ some karate moves, and then RJ shows Jason his freestyle rapping and breakdance skills. And it is
1: he is it's so obvious that he is rapping to no music and they added music and posts because it doesn't line up for a single measure. And it is so funny. Like didn't even try. And it was so funny. And it like the, the body doubling is so obvious too. Like at one point he starts breakdancing and another point he like runs up like a shelf on the wall that, that collapses and he falls back and it's like a guy in a, in a clear wig It's like, the wig is so good. Oh, it's so good. And the dialogue
0: also was like, what was that about? Old houses. (laughs) Yeah. Also, he asked me, he's like, he's like, did you guys, so when I'm writing the script, I was like, the family arrives in like the smallest U-Haul imaginable. So like, obviously this house has to be a turnkey. There's no way they just move from LA in this U-Haul, like in a station wagon and a U-Haul that's like a three by three. And so we get there and they have this this conversation and, and RJ's like so you just moved are you moving in he's like no nah, man staying for the weekend like that's why we travel light and I'm like okay so they didn't move <laughs> and then you find out that, like, no, they did, in it fact. It was just a know. joke. It was a joke. And, 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 and RJ joke.
2: responds with, uh, oh, good. I thought that the property values were going down. Like, a little bit of political bite. Which in that that joke.
1: actually really gave me a laugh. I was a, like,
2: a, yeah, that was yeah, that was a good one. Well,
0: wow. Look but at this. also. <laughs> here's the thing though, when you say, like, we traveled light, like. You did. Yeah, That's did why is this light. a joke or not? Because I really don't like you didn't like pack a house. The U-Haul's filled with his karate
1: stuff. Yeah, right, the whole right, U-Haul is yeah,
0: it's just and, karate shit.
1: And there was there was a piece of, of like narrative dropped here that I really wish that they can like that they can have added to later uh scott you said his name was yes after or like right before he rubs the the cake on his face he's like another fucking bruce lee lover in town so like there's this implication that like a bunch of people just come to seattle because they love bruce lee and that just like is completely dropped
0: yes i don't understand he hates
2: that's where all of this character's scott's i'm so glad we have a name i don't have to call him fat kid all Uh of scott's motivations come from this bruce lee
0: fan hate yeah but that's and- not true that's not true at all and we'll get to that in just a minute because <laughs> it's not this is what things are so fucking amazing about this movie rj then offers to take jason to the graveside of bruce lee the next day because our jason's just putting up a bunch of fucking magazine posters of bruce lee everywhere and just keeps talking about how he fucking loves bruce lee and like what the f-? just fuck I love it. it also,
1: over. worth mentioning. Uh, so, the the actor who plays RJ, JW Fails, was so determined to be cast that he lied to the filmmakers about being able to break dance and skateboard. And so, that's why, you know, the aforementioned. I freaking knew it. Freaking knew it. it, it. Like that's that. why there's a double, is because he was like, I, no, I can do those things. Yes. And then they were like, oh, you can't. Fuck. Well, let's get Steve from the
0: crew to come do these things.
1: Because the actor kind of gave the vibe of that. Like, yeah.
0: like yeah. and then. <laughs> You know what's sad <laughs> is we're only five minutes into this fucking movie. There's so much. There's so well, actually, forty minutes into the
1: podcast. There's five really, minutes into there's the movie.
0: really not anything else. That's the thing. There's so much, but nothing else. Right, right. The fat fuck from before gets yelled at by his dad because he's playing Dirty Harry with a pressure washer, <laughs> which was really fucking funny. Just so fucking serious. so. Then okay, so he gets yelled at, and he's like, "Fuck you, dad! You fucking piece of shit! You fucking talk to me like that! You fuck you!" And then he's like. Oh, here comes RJ, who he hates. So he sprays RJ down with a hose and then tries to beat him up. What ends up happening is we end up with a cat and mouse chase that ends up with some slapstick humor. Fat ass obviously loses the race. And then RJ meets up with Jason and then they head to Bruce Lee's memorial. Oh my God.
2: I'm sorry. I hate to slow down because we got so much, but the race in the bit where he jumps the thing. In slow-mo. In slow-mo. And everyone's cheering him on. And I'm just like, what a lovely like little beat here where everyone's rooting for this kid to make this hurdle and he makes
0: it and everyone's like, yeah, and and then gets tricked by the skateboard. Here's the thing. Here's (sighs) the thing. When you watch a movie like this, this movie is bad. I mean, obviously, everyone knows by this point this movie is bad. However, it's moments like this they're so fucking charming that you're just like, I don't even care how bad this movie is. I love yeah. this shit. This is just great. This movie oozes charm. Yeah, yes, and, the, and the music I, and
1: the
2: cuts are quick, so you're just yeah. like, I moved on to the next thing, and the music's good, so let's keep going. You know, I was
1: I was concerned here though because. RJ doesn't unless and maybe this is the justification that I just never really understood. I guess is RJ a big Bruce Lee fan too? Is that why he knows about, or does he just know because I was like, why is Scott spraying him with a pressure washer yeah. and chasing him aggressive? Because at the moment it feels racial.
2: Until until you see Scott hang out with another black kid and get along fine with them, like it's just like. It's not
1: like yeah I right, that but then but like we just we never know like they never yeah. tell us like why does Scott
2: well there's another this scene guy. where he gets a bunch of other he feeds a bunch of other kids white kids burgers
0: to attack RJ and you're just like this dude's just, racist and just like... wait just <laughs> just wait because I I definitely just this is amazing we cut immediately like we said quick cuts here we cut immediately over to the gravesite where Jason brings flowers flowers that are as he knows because he's read Bruce Lee's book. Bruce Lee's favorite flowers to the grave and he has a heartfelt moment by himself as he essentially tells Bruce Lee that he loves him that he's his biggest fan and that uh, he needs courage or some shit I don't know um it's cute there's something really like oddly moving about
1: this because we've seen so much in film and TV characters going to a gravesite of a loved one and talking to them and, like, saying things they never got to say or, like, just it's like the, their fo- their version of grieving. But, like, literally every time it's always a parent, a spouse, a kid, a grandparent. And for this to just be <laughs> fucking Bruce Lee and he's coming to this gravesite several times in the movie to just, like, talk to him and, like, use it as, like, therapy, mm-hmm. I thought was, like, a weirdly touching thing. All had I... to be shot the same day, right? All those yeah, graveyard right. scenes. Yeah, for sure. But a funny piece of trivia about the actor who plays Jason, Kurt McKinney. Apparently um, he applied to be an LAPD officer and was accepted the same day he was cast as the lead role in this movie. So he had to tell LAPD,
0: no, you know what? I'm going to go be an actor instead. Do you know what's amazing about this is there's an alternate timeline in which Kurt McKinney is beating Rodney King. Exactly. Yes. That's leading to the race riots of it in LA. That's, That's exactly what I looked up. Yeah, there's an alternate universe where he did that. Yeah. Yes, there's a thousand percent alternate universe where that happens. At the same time, all of this is going down. Fat ass and his goons are chowing down on roughly 15 hamburgers. Then they notice that RJ is outside of the diner that they're sitting in. The group traps RJ outside in the parking lot. And Jason approaches and tries to save RJ. And the store owner breaks up the fight and then everyone runs off. It's at this point, to your guys point credit, I 100% thought all of this was because fat ass was just fucking racist. And the reason being is because, one, he has a southern accent and he lives in Seattle. Yeah. Then there's another moment where I realized I, I look back and I said, hold on. The dad who comes out and yells at him does not have a southern accent at all. So what is going on here? Um, so I thought racist, but there is a black guy who is part of their posse. So I'm like, maybe he's not racist. And then we find out not only as
2: part of his posse, but he like is subservient to
0: like, he, yeah. he, he like, you know, helps him out, wipes
2: the sweat off his
1: brow. Like, yeah, like, yeah.
2: Like, is a but lower then status
1: came in uh, is blowing my mind here. So there was a, a scene scripted, but not filmed in which RJ accidentally trips Scott in the school cafeteria, causing Scott to spill his food. And this is the origin story
0: of why Scott hates RJ because he accidentally tripped him in school, which plays once again on the trope of a fat kid needing sustenance to remain fat. Mm. And that's where we are. This his whole Scott's whole character is designed layers. just to be fat. Right. right. Like that's a why I haven't, that's why I have, that's why I have slop, yeah. yeah. That's why I have no qualms with calling him fat the whole time because that's his character. Right. Right. It's like, you can't call chunk something else from the Goonies. Like, you I do the truffle. Sh- you, you do the truffle shuffle. Like I mean, come on. Like that's <laughs> that, your character. This now. was the
2: archetype of the time. And
0: yeah, to deny, I, I, that would be I don't the know time. the reference because I've never seen the movie. Oh my god! We're moving on before <laughs> we go too off rails. Jason gets home and his dad busts his chops over fighting. Apparently, karate isn't for fighting, which I always assumed was the whole part of what karate is, which is for fighting. This is actually my one of my biggest problems
2: with the movie that we're stumbling upon. Actually. To defend his father, who said the entire time, like, we don't use fighting to attack. We use it for defense. And his, and Jason the whole time is like, whatever, whatever, Bruce Lee. And then Bruce Lee Lee's ghost essentially tells him the exact same thing. And he's like, you're right. And then, like, well, also, the dad every- later apologizes. And it's like, dude, you were right the whole time. Everyone agreed with you. Why are you apologizing? But yeah, <laughs> like, that's yeah. the
0: problem is, is that everyone's <laughs> mad at Jason for using karate all the time. But Jason never uses karate outside of defending himself. True. Like, he doesn't just walk up and, like, fucking, you know, roundhouse kick people in the face. <laughs> like, every instance that Jason fights is always defense. And he's always like, oh, I was just defending myself, or oh, I was just defending my friend. And everyone's like, dude, you obviously don't understand karate because you weren't <laughs> using it, right? I don't know. <laughs> uh this leads to jason taking his anger out on the punching bag in the garage which is a really funny scene of like a thousand cuts of jason just punching a bag just and it is like a fucking it looks like an anime almost where it's just like punch 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 this shit fucking balls awesome jason and rj go to a martial arts dojo from some famous seattle mixed martial artist also it's
1: worth it's worth mentioning i don't think we've RJ at this point is like RJ can take you to a dojo like RJ speaks in third person like this whole yes. movie and I fucking love it.
0: I just don't. I want to avoid talking about RJ because I just feel like anything I say is gonna just come out so wrong. Like
2: I don't, I don't, don't know so. how
0: I don't know how you can address him outside of just literally saying RJ is like the prototype token black character. Oh yeah, in an eighties. He, oh, film. he's definitely he, a token that's what character. he is.
2: I mean, he's a stere yeah. yeah you,
0: they they were like he's
2: black so he has to rap and break dance and yeah. beast again the secondary
1: character to this white
2: dude I mean yes. it is it is what it it is what it is yeah. just...
1: and I also I I also think we talked a little bit about this before the podcast like they I think that it was a very conscious decision to make him seem like Michael Jackson like like RJ yeah. is very oh. close to MJ like he has where's a
2: Michael Jackson outfit
1: Where's the outfit he has like Michael like a young Michael Jackson's hair like it. Very much, I think, is that is, I think, a a clear decision
0: from the filmmakers. It's very true. Jason, or so unbeknownst to Jason, good old fat ass, is also a member of the gym. And while Jason goes to change, the fat fuck tells the dojo instructor that Jason beat him up and that he was also talking shit about how bad Seattle karate was.
1: Also, he's like, he he, when he's telling this guy about uh, Jason beating him up, he's like, he hit me here here and here and there's not a single like blemish on he's him gotta, but
0: he's like his forehead's busted wide open yeah. and he doesn't even acknowledge like he doesn't be like the one visible thing you can yeah. see that's wrong with me he did not do that but it's the such a 40 like,
2: year old uh dojo master who's supposed yes. to again this kid
1: is supposed to be 18 and
0: he is there's just no huge way. and hairy and yeah. like older but, than i look
1: now like but it's just such a funny like uh, from an acting perspective like it, he does it so like nonchalantly like you can tell like he he was told to do this but like there was no makeup for I just, I found it very funny. Um, But some trivia. At the location portraying the Seattle Dojo, dark arrows and dots can be seen on the wood floor area. The building had been converted from a bowling alley, Mm. specifically the Van Nuys Bowling Center, to a kickboxing gym within a year of this movie's filming and repurposed the lanes which contain the arrows and dots to be part of the gym's floor. I didn't catch that. That's funny.
0: Which, once again, (laughs) reestablishes the fact that this movie is not shot in Seattle. (laughs) Right. This movie it's fucking in california guys yeah yeah yeah. the instructor gets the best fighter from the dojo to challenge jason this goes about as expected and jason gets his teeth kicked into his throat now rj stops the fight before jason gets too hurt and to run off into the night at a birthday party later on we're introduced to kelly
1: happy birthday kelly
0: Happy birthday kelly she's being hit on by the dojo instructor and he won't take no for an answer it's then revealed that Kelly is the little sister of the national karate champion. Now, the, the karate champion gets a phone call telling him to be at his dojo in 30 minutes or he'll lose his business. Yeah. On his way out, he runs into Jason. And as expected, uh, she is going to be Jason's throwaway love interest for the rest of the film. And he brought her a rabbit for her birthday. It was wrapped up in a cardboard box. Then the instructor and lard-ass catch Kelly and Jason smooching. and Yeah, their relationship, which again, was from the summer before,
1: very Grease-esque. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, 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 oh, go on. Sorry. And I was just saying that this romantic subplot is basically this, the romantic subplot of The Karate Kid from 1984. Yes, Right. They're like, you get it. You've seen this before. Also, yeah, the older know.
2: brother character is intro- – like, again, the way they introduce these characters, like Jason's watching his – Speech after winning a tournament or whatever, like the scene before. So you, so we're like, oh right, we saw this guy win this tournament like two scenes ago or right, whatever. Right. Just like,
1: it's I so also fun. loved the the phone scene where he comes in and sits down and picks up a hung up phone <laughs> and has this conversation. The best actor
2: in the movie, actually that guy.
1: Sure, like, yeah. he
2: delivers some of my
1: favorite reaction lines. You
2: know what? How did you know? Huh? Yeah, like, <laughs> he had to be a
0: producer. Like I yeah, just, I, mean, I have so. to
2: believe it that he was. Yeah. All- <laughs> Put himself the, in the movie.
0: The karate champion goes to the dojo that he owns, uh, where he is threatened by the karate mafia, <laughs> and and his by entering the dojo
1: to go talk to him, he jumps over the the railing. What uh, Jason
0: had done, like the scene, Friar. You act, you act like you don't understand what karate people do, and I don't know if you've ever interacted. Like I, have you ever gone to, like you know, right? You go someplace. I was once inside of an Olive Garden. And I saw a guy just leap over a couple tables and I was like, that guy knows karate. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good point. You got There's me. a,
2: there's a pipe. There's a karate to parkour pipeline for sure.
0: Yes. there oh, 100% yeah. is. There's also an eighties film to parkour pipeline as well. Uh, everyone in eighties films, parkours everything. That's just how shit works. Now the evil instructor and Jason, they spar off next to the swimming pool over Kelly and Jason gets his ass kicked once again. Kelly tries to reason with Jason, but he drives off in a tizzy and heads straight to Bruce Lee's grave and pleads for hope. That is the first thing I do when I get my, sh- my get my asshole whooped in is right. uh, immediately drive to the, the local grave site of whoever action film star there is and beg for his help because that's how I'm going to get it. I
1: also love their, uh, the way that they made him look like his, he had been beat up they just took scissors to his shirt yes <laughs> like, and then, so like, clearly red, scissors. he never
2: changes them. it he like leaves that ripped up shirt on for like four scenes after that just... Yeah,
1: like a snip in the tie like, <laughs> the whole sleeve is gone the other one is like cut halfway up it's and you so
0: know bad. it's warm enough for him just to take the shirt yeah, off he because he, he wear wears the a sleeveless shirt the entire film right. Right. it's like what the fuck Jason gets home and has a preteen meltdown with his dad he calls his dad a cow Forward, and then his dad bans him from the garage where he trains. Uh, his dad then breaks all of the training equipment. King Triton, is, King Triton moment. Yeah, which mm. is bad. But uh, it only gets worse because he tears down the Bruce Lee poster and Jason bursts out into tears and then just runs off down the street like a little bitch.
1: <laughs> I would have done the same thing. Yeah, direct, direct shot for shot of the it's Little just,
0: Mermaid scene. It's the, <laughs> s- the screaming of tears down his face and him just being like, where dad tore my Bruce Lee poster? Like, you yeah. suck it up, you wussy. <laughs> you fucking, that's not, ah, Look, me. you've
1: never been there. You, you've you yeah. never been an a, a, idolizing Bruce Lee and right. have your father rip your poster in half.
2: Also, in I know room. he looks 30, but that is a
0: 17-year-old child, you know? 22 in real life at the time of filming. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, Jason teams up with RJ, and they relocate his makeshift training area to an abandoned (laughs) house down the street.
1: RJ, what do I do? You know, I know of an empty house around the corner.
0: (laughs) Did anyone else get the vibe in this particular scene where you're like, is RJ also like supposed to be like the token young black character. That's like hip to everything, but also the wise old black character that knows everything about everything. Yes. Like he's got like his, like he has multiple Morgan Freeman moments in this
1: film. One of my favorite lines from the movie we get here. When, uh, Jason asks RJ what to do, he goes, he kind of looks toward the camera. RJ will provide.
2: Yes. And then uh, he
1: gives him that and like takes him to this abandoned house. I mean, yes. Yeah. I mean,
2: he, cares so much about jason like he he cares so much about jason like to the point where he's like these other two people are hooking up and he's like hey guys stop hooking up look at jason hooking up (laughs) yeah 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 i
0: I would love to have an rj in my life sure yeah I i think we all need an rj in our life I feel like that might be a little bad given the yeah. times, but this is, this is fine. Jason sends RJ home while he finishes setting up the place. He even salvages the shredded Bruce Lee poster. Jason dozes off, but is awoken by a bright light and intense humming. It's the ghost of Bruce Lee!
1: I uh, I was
0: beside myself. I don't myself know what else this to happened. Say? Of an
2: actor who looks
0: nominally mm, like Bruce Lee. I... <laughs> Don't even know if nominally is just, the case. This is just, yeah. just an Asian guy. <laughs> this Correct. Is the most... Look, we can talk about how racist it is to have RJ in this movie in the tight, like the character that he is. This is arguably the most racist part of the movie. Is they just took a random Asian guy off the street and we're like, here you go. Well, nah, they clearly cast this. him
2: for his physicality and the, and yeah. what he could do physically. I guess, even though he doesn't do a lot of physical stuff, because his voice is somebody else like that yeah, his voice, voice is, is, is not it, yeah. that right so uh yeah, it, it, yeah he doesn't really does he do any of like the physical stuff or is not he just not really no yeah, he, so he doesn't
1: like i think he does like a kick at some point but he very much he is not yeah, it's all wisdom. It's
0: not. No, not yeah, it's, it's a fifteen takes. choice. You give me 15 takes, I can probably land that exact same kick at least once or twice, right? Yeah, I, sure. Fine. Here's the thing that makes it even funnier. The actor who plays the ghost of Bruce Lee did not speak any English whatsoever. The dude sp- spoke nothing but Cantonese. And so the entire time that they're talking to each other, like the dude just speaking Cantonese to Jason, Jason's repeating, like saying shit to him in English. They had apparently cue cards placed like off camera. So they were reading cue cards to each other to have like no idea what they were saying to each other the whole time. And it is clear. Yeah. Yes. And then they went back in and post and then dubbed in the English speaking voice. So there's another character. Who we don't know who it is i couldn't find any uh, any information on who this person was we know it's not him who is trying to act like he is bruce lee and i want to know who that person is because i have a feeling when we uncover it we will probably not like the answer yeah what
1: was the guy's name the slinky steve or the fucking guy Do-
0: dookie flyswatter dookie fly it's 100 percent dookie flyswatter doing the voiceover for fucking bruce lee it's so at this point Bruce Lee has returned from the dead and he is here to help train Jason on how to stop violence or some shit. Who fucking cares? It's a goddamn Dollar Tree brand zombie Bruce Lee and that's all that fucking matters. Cue a training montage.
1: Incredible training montage.
0: You didn't find
2: the scene where he pours out the Pepsi? Incredibly powerful?
0: No. Okay. B- but also <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> i loved i had no clue what the fuck that meant and i now knowing the fact that these two characters had no clue what the fuck they were saying i can just imagine that kurt mckinney who plays jason is just sitting there and you just got this dude who's just yelling cantonese at you and he's just pouring cups of pepsi into each other back and forth multiple times and you're just like what the fuck did I sign up for?
1: <laughs> I had a really interesting experience with this scene because so I watched the first 40 minutes and in then... Cantonese. <laughs> no. And then I took a break and I went to hang out with some people and it, the night was kind of going on longer and I was like, hey, I need to finish this movie. Do you guys want to just watch the rest of this movie with me? And so they come into the movie 40 minutes in like right before Bruce Lee comes in and I kind of, I gave him the explanation. I was like, blah, blah, blah. There's this random girl named Kelly. She's the only girl in the film. Uh, we got the, the karate mafia here. John Clive Van Dam is Russian for some reason. So they have like a bite-sized idea of what to, uh, like what's to come. And they're like struggling so much with this scene. Like what the fuck is Bruce Lee saying? Like, I don't understand the point here thinking that I will be able to explain to them. And I'm like, I got no fucking clue. I have 40 more minutes than you. And I'm just as lost as you are.
0: About Again, Bruce Bruce Lee
2: Lee stuff could be cut out of this movie. It really could could be cut out. out. Like it doesn't need to be in it.
0: Well, good news is, is that this is almost the end of the movie considering everything that happens next because, uh, Jason then aggressively touches some wood. Then we cut to our second training montage. Mm hmm. Then uh, Jason takes a couple sacks to the face. And then we cut to our third training montage.
1: (laughs) There is the training montage, like one, two, three. I I love that they were like, all right, here's a little respite from a montage, but we got more for you. Also, in the third training montage, we see Kurt McKinney do uh, two finger push-ups. Yes. Apparently that was filmed with wires to hoist him up. Uh, the trees in the background covered up the wires that were holding up. Because I was at this point, I felt like if I'm Jason, if I'm Kurt McKinney, I'm probably just getting ripped by acting in these scenes because it seemed like he was doing it all. But right. I guess he wasn't. I really, really. loved the two finger push up thing. I was like, look at that
2: uh, reference to Bruce, very specific reference to Bruce Lee. Yeah, yeah. But this is also the moment in these montages that I kind of talked about earlier, where RJ sees the hallucination, sees Jason fighting no one and talking to no one. And then says the line, are you crazy? And then it cuts to the third montage where RJ and Jason have consensual sex. while RJ eats an ice cream cone and
0: (laughs) no, 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 wait, hold on. No, that comes later. Just wait. Jason and dead Bruce Lee engage in some more foot play, and then we cut to a bar where another oh, older right. version of fat that fuck That's is right. hanging out. Yes. This seems so good. Also, Jason's dad has given up on being a karate master to be a bartender. So Thunder Thighs pours a beer on Jason's dad's head, then attacks him with a pull stick. So he breaks the whole non-violence rule and kicks him out of the bar. Well, he waits to be attacked. It's very yeah. specific.
2: He wait. He's yeah. like, you can pour beer in my head. You can. You can be a nuisance to all the other patrons. The moment you try to hit me, that's what yeah, I'm gonna karate yeah, mode. Yeah, he's got his values. Yeah. He does. I also,
1: I was so fucking confused in this scene. I'm like, who is this random new character? Why? And Not and relevant. it takes like ten <laughs> minutes for us to like actually understand. Oh, okay. I we'll get to why these characters are here, but I was. So confused. I was like, are we just going to start reading a bunch
0: of random new characters for the rest of this movie that have no purpose, but well, there was a purpose. Hey, good news is Jason and Bruce do a little bit more foot play. And then, um, apparently Jason succeeds and makes uh, dead Bruce Lee come his pants because this is it. Jason has succeeded in his training and then Bruce walks back into heaven. Right. And,
1: and so then so I guess, so we, we must've skipped over when RJ, um, no enters the house oh well yeah that I, happens before then
2: yeah yes, okay okay yes, yes. but
1: that was we i guess we, we mentioned it a little bit at the beginning but that was one of those things like what happened here with the editing like all of a yes, sudden yes. he comes it, in something got cut out something Clearly must something have been got cut, cut out right out. yeah
2: like there was a scene where they had a conversation about it and then rj gets on board with the training but it we don't see it yeah I also wish we, had. we didn't mention that that fight that the dad wait does the dad getting is that, that happened the, later
0: we're we're, coming up we cut to a fourth training montage now this training montage includes the consensual sex between rj and jason where Jason does some crotch lifting on some bars while RJ straddles him while eating an ice cream cone. <laughs>
2: and just like, loving it. Like, loving just, it. Just joy on his face.
1: Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a callback too because there's a, a training montage. One of the first training montages, RJ comes up on Jason doing the same thing. And RJ jumps on him and, like, tries to straddle him. Oh. And Jason falls down. Okay. So this is showing, like, oh, he's strong
0: enough now that he can just straight up be sitting – yeah. The subtext here right. Is he and he's become see. the subtext yeah. here is he's become so comfortable with his sexuality that right. he can yeah. he's strong enough now to You know, lift I gotta give RJ this movie more cross. credit
2: in general. Because every time I've come to a qualm, they've actually been like, No, there's an answer. There you is know, an like, answer. Uh uh one of my favorite bits about the montage with RJ is the stopwatch where they don't give you specifics on time at all. He's just like, this watch, like, you got to do better than this. And then later he's like, is this thing broken? I think
1: you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I love that too. I forgot about
0: that. Jason goes to pick his dad up from work, but before he arrives, Jason's dad gets jumped by a four-year-old fat fuck and a bunch of ill-casted rednecks that are based in Seattle.
2: Jason pulls
0: up and sees his dad getting the shit kicked out of him, so he puts his four montages worth of training to use and shows why karate is best is best done while wearing sweatpants after the fight the two karate boys resolve their differences and head home for some dinner in a very sexually charged scene
1: i also really love jason's entrance into the fight is to like shittily park the car and do a flip over the front of the car to run in to parkour yeah parkour yeah parkour Parkour. um apparently while shooting the fight scene in which jason uh, jason saves the father kermit kenny accidentally kicked his opponent in the face while performing a flying kick how about that
0: you know it's, it's a, real we don't really we don't, I don't think we ever bring it up but We're it is worth guy. pointing out that uh some people from this film actually testified in court again a lawsuit against uh, jean-claude van damme because apparently jean-claude van damme was so careless with his karate moves that he just kept like breaking people's faces It'll come up later in the film sure. uh, when he like there's an actual scene where he legitimately knocks someone out on camera. Um, however, yeah, apparently and I don't know if it was Kurt McKinney or who it was, but like someone like from the film, like testified against him and wow. someone else in the film testified in his defense and was like, no, he's so good at karate. Like he was purposely punching people. OK, like this is not negligence. He's so good. He knew when he was going to fucking that knock guy was a out. dick and he deserved yeah. it. Oh Well, apparently Jean-Claude Van Damme, from what we found out in a lot of films, is he loves cocaine. Right. And loves punching people in the face.
2: The question is, like, this Same. is so early on a celebrity. Was there cocaine involved in this, or was this, like, pre-cocaine? I think this was pre-cocaine. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too.
0: Probably pre-cocaine. He's got such a
2: glow, healthy glow on his skin in this
0: yeah, movie. he does. I hope you guys are ready, because here comes the best scene in the whole film the breakdance sequence we cut to a oh random God. bar for no fucking apparent reason rj's dressed up as michael jackson jason and kelly are also there everyone's breakdancing and then rj goes and talk to the dj and convinces the dj to play a slow dance song so that jason and kelly can get a little closer together and can i just say fuck already just fuck yeah there's this
2: uh the way that scene opens I again, it was like one of these charming, like these moments of charm, where it was just like we're watching these two really good break dancers, like introduce the scene, and I was just like, look at these guys, like I'm, I'm kind of into this, and then to see them actually be relevant to the plot later yeah. was even more like, oh, I'm glad that worked in. But I think, you know, as we're talking about exploitation and like it's it, again, you can't approach this movie without talking about like the 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 racial stuff in it, everything, all the. uh non-white characters are there to support the white characters like there is it is just so uh, it's just so insane to see i guess in like the modern context where i'm not used to it of just like like it really is like this 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 lens of this world where just like white people are super important and everyone else is just lifting them up and like that's what that's like any minority character that's what they're there for and it is just insane
1: it it is kind of insane how like there isn't A single minority character that has a purpose that isn't help Jason succeed.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with you there, but it is worth pointing out that uh, this movie came out several years before the film Jungle Fever starring uh, Wesley Snipes, which really redefined how we approach people of color in films. It's Jungle Fever. Is this a bit? I don't know this movie. It's a real film, and it is about an interracial thing. It is, was a very controversial at the time when it came out, actually, because you I had mean, a black character. The title alone. You had a black character on screen. Uh, 1991 was the film came out. A black character on screen, played by Wesley Snipes, right. uh, has relations with a white character. And this movie was, like, super controversial, but it really did kind of actually it, it, re- it, like... yeah they like re like re scoped the landscape of like black characters in films well it did
2: it also did like there was this you this cop out back in the day we can't light black people and white people well together we just can't do it and spike lee was like fuck you watch me yeah Yeah. and that's what he did in that movie like the lighting is it, it changed the whole landscape of it and they're like no we can with." right time and care oh interesting yeah
0: it was oh. uh nominated to the for a palm d'or in the Cannes film festival uh, samuel jackson won best supporting actor at Cannes that year yeah. for his uh, role yeah, yeah man, it was great. but like yeah it's a very it's a great film like honestly like it really holds up today but like the, yeah the, you could definitely tell there's a turning point in cinema in the early 90s especially with like i mean we had black exploitation back in the day you know films like you know um Blackenstein was a, a good one. Blackula was also. So there was a lot of. I mean, there was all of these films. Django before Django and Shane, Tarantino's film. There's a whole series of Django films, but they were all used in a, a very exploitative context with black characters. Um, but then it was like, really, it was like early '90s. Was like Spike Lee came on the scene and really kind of just like changed the way that films look at people of color.
2: Not to go too off topic, have you ever seen the movie Virtuosity? Oh,
0: yeah. Great movie. Um, Fantastic
2: movie. Denzel Washington is the lead in that. And in the script, he's supposed to have a relationship with the white female lead in that. And he was like, I don't believe in interracial marriage, so Whoa. don't put it in. And they cut it what? out of that movie. Yeah, that was a request by Denzel Washington in that movie. Uh, I don't know if, he's, if, if that changed since then. And I also don't know how close to that when he was shooting Malcolm— Cause I wonder if that also has to do with like his viewpoint during that. But mm-hmm. um, that's whoa, fair. that's why But it, it was—I remember reading that, being like, "Whoa, really? Okay, interesting." Because it Holy there's shit. you feel like there should be tension between these characters, and then there's nothing happens, and it's, huh. it's because Denzel put his foot down.
0: That's insane. Speaking of insane, the Karate Mafia is scheduled a, tur- a karate tournament to try and win all of the Seattle dojos or something. I don't know. Honestly, no one knows. The, the people in this film don't even know. Either way, the stage is set for the Manhattan Maulers to fight the Seattle sidekicks, which I have to point out is the worst fucking name that you could have for a team. They're also, bad. I did not know that there was teams for karate. I thought you were just you just karate people. Always karate, you gotta up. fight for your dojo. You gotta fight yeah. for your dojo. It's all about
1: the dojo, baby. Do yeah. dojos
2: have like team names? Dojos will have like you go into a dojo and it'll just be like any kind of you know football arena where they'll be like w- victory of the high valley, whatever,
0: whatever you know, you? But are you the fucking Seattle sidekicks? Yeah, that that's a wild name. That's <laughs> you know, we all need to get we need to get custom geese for save trash cinema that's just the Seattle sidekicks. There's geese, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Before the match starts, the bitch boy from Karate Mafia interrupts the announcer. He says he only needs his Russian badass, Jean-Claude Van Damme, and that he'll fight every single person who wants to challenge him for the rights of the Seattle Dojo. This
1: part actually kind of frustrated me because oh, we spend so like seven yes. minutes yes. introducing <laughs> these characters. <laughs> we, we introduce all of the different Manhattan maulers. We introduce all the Seattle sidekicks. And this guy comes up. He's like, you know what? Fuck actually we're changing the rules something like, what system. yes why, why moving that so fast it's cut so fast it's so weird that there's just like period of just like slog talk that doesn't yes. matter i'm like just if this what should have happened is uh your your dollar store i don't know his name the guy that he's trying to emulate with the end in the red corner um it it should have been interrupted and be like
0: i'm taking over you only gotta fight one guy and his name is ivan rushka or whatever Yeah. yeah so jason karate daddy and rj arrive only to be greeted by sheer panic of seeing a young JCVD all greased up sitting in the middle of the ring they try to warn the karate champion but he scoffs at their warnings now the bad karate instructor goes up first only to not land a single punch JCVD Roundhouse kicks his liver into minced meat and then kicks him out of the ring. JCVD then does a badass split on the ropes. Yeah, he the does. Split.
2: We get a split.
0: We got a split. For such Honestly, little screen time. Uh, this might be one of his best splits in any movie. This split it's is good. amazing. With it being on the ropes and having that like extra bounce. dip. Yeah. yeah, that extra dip to
1: it was really yeah. good. Yeah.
0: Now next up is the dude who beat up Jason earlier in the film. He suffers an equally embarrassing defeat, presumably also getting a direct dose of CTE via multiple kicks straight to the head.
1: Yeah. yeah he He's the one who really got hit. He, he and like he actually got hit. So some trivia. JCBD knocked out uh Peter Cunningham twice with a spin kick while filming their fight scene. The first time, uh, Van Dam broke a character and asked Cunningham if he was all right, and then the director Corey Yoon, shouted at Van Dam
0: for stopping the scene. So,
1: not a very healthy culture on set.
0: No, wow. Now the Karate Champion enters the ring with everyone, everything on the line. While the match seems more equal with both exchanging blows, the tides soon turn it in favor of the Karate Champion. In the second round, though, Van Dam resorts to some dirty tactics, and the match turns into a bloodbath. JCVD pulls the ropes of the ring, and then ends up somehow. Tangling up the karate champion. And then he also starts strangling him with the turnbuckle. I don't know if that's possible, but he doesn't. Then he kicks the ref out of the ring because that's fucking awesome. And then big Chungus uh, Scott, who's been hanging out ringside the whole time, leaps in and does what he does best. And that's trying to eat Van Damme's calf muscle. Yeah. (laughs) I'm training
2: all for that. There was a moment earlier uh, in, when they're in the, the room, the, the, the locker room. And he's like, a, hey, if things go wrong, I'll help out. And I thought like he was going to like do some like shenanigans, like something like, like, I don't know, like, in like something in when he throws the powder or... in the guy's eye, yeah, you know, something yeah. like that. No, nope, he meant I'm going to bite him.
0: I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to try to eat. I mean, well, they've established the whole film that this fat piece of shit just eats constantly. So yeah. it is apropos that he attempts to try to eat. eat Van Damme. Uh, Van Dam obviously just kicks him square in the fucking face, knocking his ass out. And then Van Damme wraps up the champs in the robes once again, proceeds to beat him senseless. But out of nowhere, Kelly joins the fray to save her brother. He knocks her out by holding her hair really, really tight. So Jason leaps in the ring, ready for a final showdown.
2: So was the – this is, again, why I feel like the the karate champion was like a producer or something on this film because he is made to look good actually the entire time. He doesn't really lose his fight, not in a fair way, right? right. like They do so much for this guy who's like not a big character to not look bad. And I'm like, is he involved in some other way? Like what's I, the deal
1: with that? I kind of felt like this actually takes away from the moment where like we see – ivan jean-claude van damme just kicking ass and then all of a sudden we see a guy who seems to be his equal and then jcvd has to resort to dirty tactics like so i mean i guess like in a way that tells a story that like he's a dirty fighter but i would have liked to see him like about to essentially kill the the dojo master and then jason like then Scott tries to bite him. Kelly tries to save him and like all this other stuff. But it felt like a little bit kind of took away from like the power of, of JCVD's character. By yeah.
2: It was an anti-warf uh, uh, move.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I want to just briefly touch on the fact that the way that Kelly gets knocked out is that JCVD grabs her, pulls her hair up like he, she's wearing a ponytail squeezes real tight. And then she just blacks out. And at this point, Jason's like, I got to throw hands, dude. I got to fucking throw hands. He just grabbed my girl's hair, bro. And so Jason does that. He jumps to the ring. He calls Jean-Claude Van Damme a Russian and then slaps him around a bit in the most Nancy Reagan fucking way I've ever seen. He then has Bruce Lee flashbacks and proceeds to blister the Belarusian's ass. Apparently, ghost training over the course of a weekend is all you need to be the greatest karate fighter ever.
1: I loved the cutting of the training bits within the fight. So good. Remember?
2: This stuff's not relevant. Remember? Like, we did this for a reason. Again, this movie does this thing about being like, was this important? And it's like, yeah. Even even his motivation for going in. Like, I'm like, how? Because, again, I'm watching this via memory. I'm like, why is Jason going to get involved? He doesn't care about any of this crap. And I'm like, ah.
0: Kelly. Okay. Kelly. I see.
2: There it is. Yeah. It all makes
0: sense. <laughs> What's great about the film is that everything is relevant and absolutely nothing is relevant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the way that it juxtaposed both of those things is there's a lot of mental gymnastics, but yeah. you just can't help, but love it. Right. Yin and, and yang, baby. Yin yeah. and yang. JCVD makes a comeback and he grabs Jason, throws him into the ropes, ends up wrapping him up again, just like he did with the karate champion. But RJ, from the crowd revitalizes Jason's resolve by yelling, no retreat, no surrender. The title of the film. So good.
1: So is that what it is? The title of the film? I got to say another, like I'm nitpicking, but another like little disappointing thing, like what we just saw JCBD wrap the guy in the ropes. Like what? You're doing it again? Like, that's but a it's signature supposed to move, set it bro. up because he was so successful the first
2: time. They're like, yeah. oh, he's doing the move again. Uh, yeah. Doing... Okay. We I saw guess, this be you know, that's just a trope. That's
0: just that. Classic. So Jason gets that's the fair. extra juice needed to end the Cold War once and for all. He backflip kicks Van Damme's chin into his brain and then kicks his sorry ass out of the ring. It's at this point the audience storms the squared circle picks Jason up in their hands and celebrate as the movie's theme song plays on That's- credits. <laughs> That's the pile of flesh at the end. Yeah. yeah. That is the shunting, the karate <laughs> shunting. God damn boys. Well, so this one of the episode where we bring it all home with our last segment, save it or can it, Where we ask the question, should we save this film or should we can this film? Zach, I'm going to start with you, man. You brought us the movie to discuss I have a feeling I know how this is going to go, but just for final thoughts, save it or can it.
2: Yeah. I mean, I love this movie and getting to rewatch it made me realize I love it. Like even more, like, like it, it, you save it. It's, it's, it's just so, so fun. It's so much of the time. Like we barely touched upon the cold war stuff because just by calling him Russian, the whole audience went crazy nuts because this is 1986, like, the Cold War hasn't ended yet. It, 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 it's just a fun, ridiculous movie. Um, oddly good production value at times. Crazy writing, crazy reasoning for things. Again, why are they having this competition to take over Seattle with karate dojos? Yeah, yeah. Why is the mob involved? Who knows? Who cares? It's just a lot of fun. You know, it's got it's got tons of problems. It's, it's definitely an exploitation film in a lot of different ways. Um, but also just kind of like, yeah, charming and,
1: and fun. It is charming. It is fun. Patrick, save your can. This is maybe the easiest save I've, I've ever had. Cause this, it, it's funny because this film, cause sometimes we kind of bend the rules a little bit on genre with, with the podcasts when fuckers like me bring in the fast and the furious. But this movie is so much fun to watch that it it has like the dubbing, it has the like total nonsensical plot. It has these but like to your point, Zach, like we've kind of mentioned this a few times, like everything has a purpose. Even the things that seem like they are throwaway, somehow all of it that is in the movie is in it for a very specific reason. And I really admire it for that, that even though it seems like some things are like, you're wasting my time here, it all it's their puzzle pieces to make this like perfect puzzle. And so, yeah, I, I really, really loved this movie. Uh, this is, I need to sleep on it, but it might be like the, my favorite that we've done so far. For
0: you moment. know, it's crazy to me that you say that because now looking back on it, you aren't wrong. Like there is no fat in this movie. There really isn't nothing. Like none of these scenes, when you see them in the moment, feel like they should even be included in the film. But somehow, some way, by the end of the movie, every single scene that we see is there on purpose. It is yeah. an editing miracle. Did it might be all... overcut
2: because we yeah. We, there's scenes that were like, should there have been something in there, and it's not in there. Like
0: yeah. Uh, but what a, what a problem to have. In a- yeah, I know, right? <laughs> just insane to me. This is, for me, is an, an absolute save as well. Like, one, we get Bruce exploitation which we haven't done yet on the show, which I'm very excited that we were finally able to cover one of those films. Two, like I said, editing miracle. Uh, seeing Jean-Claude Van Damme at any point in time is fucking amazing. But, like, I don't know, man. This film is just so fucking stupid and so damn charming yeah that, like you can't help but love it it's a time it's also a time capsule for like just the way that these movies were back in the day and sure is a problematic absolutely. but here's the thing in 20 years your favorite movie that came out in 2023 guess what it's also going to be problematic i'm sorry be the bearer of bad news here that's just how the world works yeah and like we don't have to love those aspects we can you know demonize those aspects but you can't take away the heart behind a film that's like this movie exists and this movie is how a lot of fun has a lot of charm and are things that are great about it and you have to kind of i feel like i don't know separate those things out we had to do this with we've had to do this with other films too where it's like look i'm so unfortunately this is a product of its time sure you know and we have to address that as is i do think this movie is worth watching if you can get and watch it anywhere that I think that's honestly the biggest issue I have with this movie is just the it's, ability it's little to watch accessible.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: It's that's kind of a pain in the ass, but with that being said, I, this is a definite save. And if, if correct me if I'm wrong, but this is a clean sweep save for this film.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. I love uh, this it. of, of the movies we've done, like there've been, I've really enjoyed a lot of them, but this is, I think one of the only ones that like, I guarantee you, I will watch this again. Like I, this, I will, if there's ever a point where like people are over and I want to show them a movie, like this will be one that I think of. Uh, that's yeah. how much fun I had with this. movie.
2: There's just a lot of love in this movie. And I think it's important. Like you, you, you bring up a good point about, you know, time and what it does to films and stuff. I think whenever we're analyzing a film, no matter when it came out or, or what's about, it's so important to look at, the reaction after it especially in the markets that were exploited because a lot of times and I'm not saying this movie did because who knows the impact it had on it um but a lot of times you know you'll get a reactionary film from this type of thing that's like even better you know and yeah. and, and and from the people that are being exploited and it, 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 that that conversation in cinema is always such an interesting thing to to kind of pay attention to
0: yeah Sure, for sure. Well, guys, I think that's a perfect note to end on. And if you've enjoyed the show, please rate, review, share the hell of it your friends, loved ones, and worst of enemies. Honestly, word of mouth is key here, and we aren't beggars. Also, a uh, fuckteeth. If you're interested in video games, check out our sister podcast, the spotlight Games Podcast, and all of your favorite streaming services. We also stream live every Tuesday on Twitch at eight PM Eastern. So join us live there. And if you're interested in TV shows, guess what? We've got another podcast called the spotlight TV podcast where we are covering the last of us from start to finish. Episodes go live normally Monday night, early Tuesday morning. We stream them live on Twitch Mondays at 8 PM Eastern. So if you want to come and be part of the conversation surrounding one of the biggest shows right now on television, guess what? You can do it there. In the meantime, you can follow me at the dumpster boy. And guess what? I I was able to change my Twitter handle. We are now the dumpster boy. We've, we've, we fucking took that shit. Yeah. Patrick, where can we follow you, bud?
1: I uh, over on Twitter at Patrick Schwag. Also the um, spotlight games. You can follow at spot games pod on Twitter or spotlight games pod on Instagram. And then spotlight TV is spotlight TV pod everywhere. I believe.
0: Awesome. awesome. Now Zach, where can people find you? And what are some, if you're able to even talk about the things you've worked on, why don't you um, go check, ahead and plug some stuff?
2: Yeah, uh, check out my IMDb page uh, if you want to see the work that I'm that I'm doing. Um, just did uh, check out season seven of Sixty Days In uh, on. Oh, I'm going to get it wrong. I probably shouldn't say. Uh, look it up; it's it's there. Uh, <laughs> and uh, check out uh, uh, Saturday Morning All Star Hits. That's a Kyle Mooney show on Netflix that I was able to work on. And Electric Jesus is another film that I worked on not too long ago. And hopefully, we'll have some more stuff for you. I'm not on Twitter, uh, or I am, but I I don't use it. So it wouldn't be. It's a a hellscape, man. Um, But Facebook.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The Few, the Proud. I'm I'm so old. The Few, the Proud, the Facebooks, the Zach Bromberg. Also,
2: ZacharyBromberg.com.
0: Hell yeah, ZacharyBrogberg.com. Yeah. We'd love to hear it, brother. If you want to check out STC on social, we are at Save Trash Cinema on everything. Remember, fight big box office. Save Trash Cinema.